thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. Thank you so much for joining us on Wellness Women Radio. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And welcome to another week's episode where we hit up all the great topics that women like you need and want to know about. And uh, this one is a big one this week because I think it's, um, well, from my experience having chat to clients, this is one of those conditions that can be one of the most frustrating things for people to live with because simply no one else can see it. And I can tell you that I know many migraine sufferers who would actually wish their leg would turn green and maybe even fall off during migraine because they don't want sympathy. They just want to be believed that they're not being a hypochondriac about this sort of thing. And, you know, for a lot of women, it's, I mean, annually we're talking one in seven people could suffer a migraine and three quarters of those are women. So we're talking about a situation that affects the daily quality of living for so many ladies around the globe. I mean, it's even been called the time thief because it causes silent suffering and robs days and even weeks of quality of life away from uh, gorgeous women. So today we're going to go into the nitty gritty of what migraines are. And for those of you, if you're listening and maybe you've never experienced migraine or you know someone who does, then this will be a great opportunity for you to firstly dive into what is it. Um, We're certainly going to hit into some of the things where women will start to understand that, yes, we hear you, we totally get it because you don't have to suffer them to get an impression of what it might be like. And we'll share some journeys and some stories about those things. And we're certainly going to talk about some of the solutions, some of the ways you can try and stop them. There's obviously always the conventional strategy in regards to medications and pharmaceuticals, but you know we're, we're talking about holistic health on this program and we want to try and give you some options and some ideas that you might want to try for yourself to avoid having to take higher dosages over time or possibly get off some medications that may be just stalling the migraine but not actually preventing or, or holding off the uh, severity of those symptoms. So Andrea, I know we came about this topic because someone you know and care about um, kind of presented us with the idea. Yeah, so we try to frame all of our episodes around uh, things that are topical for you, um, possibly things that are trending in the media that we want to certainly, you know, give our our input into. Um, And we've had plenty of requests over the last few months. And this one in particular is actually from a beautiful friend of mine. Uh, Her name's Stacey. Uh, She is from New Zealand. And um, I I definitely won't tell you what her nickname is for me. Um, But I will tell you that her and I um, used to have a salt and pepper tribute band um called andrew and the rollers just uh <laughs> just so you know um we were hardcore fans but uh stacy is a migraine sufferer she sent us through some questions regarding the migraines and uh, pretty much what you described as the fact that she's losing so much time it's so frustrating she's pretty much tried everything to get rid of it and you know where do you go from there so she just kind of wanted to throw the question out to us to see what our unique take on it might be. And um, in her case in particular, 
she's gone through some like pretty radical food changes, which is fantastic. She's on a primal diet, which is kind of like a paleo-esque type diet, but still including dairy. Um, so, you know, that change in, in itself is really fantastic. Uh, she was doing really well for a while, but then she started getting some palpitations. So that, that um, sort of strange awareness of your heartbeat that can be quite uncomfortable, um, which tells me that maybe she's getting a bit of reactive hypoglycemia. So some erratic blood sugar levels. Um, and she's also noticed that her migraines are now worse uh, before she gets a period. So there's definitely a hormonal component to that. So we're going to talk through all of these things today and why that this is the case and why women experience maybe more migraines right before they get the period or what sort of things can actually trigger them as well. Um, I just want to preface this by saying that irrespective of your history or your family history, there is no such thing as a normal headache or a normal migraine. Even though they're so common, um, and particularly for women, unfortunately, you know, there's so many benefits to to being a woman, but but migraines is certainly not one of them, um, especially if they're associated with the hormonal changes. We're definitely a lot more prone to them than what men are, but it's still not normal. This is not the way the body is designed to work. And this is definitely a sign that something has, has gone awry or there's some imbalances there in the system. So let's talk through some of those. But um, I guess before we get to that, Ash, do you, do you want to go into some detail about actually what migraines are for those of us who have never sort of experienced them? And, and fortunately, um, I'm putting myself into that category. I've never had a migraine in my life. I'm very grateful for that. Um and that's the big challenge too, Andrew, because I'm in the same boat. I can't tell you that I, I've certainly had headaches, but usually something that I could understand the trigger for, but mm-hmm. not a migraine as classic to the descriptions that our lovely clients give us or you know our patients tell us what they're experiencing and, and what that is to them. I think the key is if you've never had one, you have to try and imagine your friend or your family member is basically working through uh, a monster hangover <laughs> is the way people describe it to me. However, it can happen at any time and often the least convenient sort of times and to get a better feel for this I actually went uh, went to the internet and just scrolled through people's like Twitter feeds and, and things that um, came up with like hashtag migraine or things like that to just get a feel for what people are experiencing because one of the greatest things you can do is try and empathize with someone try and understand where they are even if you've never experienced it to get a feeling of really what that experience is for them so just going to read you a couple of those things out because I mean while some of them seem amusing it, it just shows you how far and how desperate people are to explain or express their, their discomfort or their sheer pain and uh, and disability they're experiencing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this lovely lady, uh, Lisa Belkin, she's said it's like you're trying to give birth for your forehead. And I was just oh like, yeah, it, it, that's so intense. Other people, um, a lady, Melissa, like my brain is exploding. Someone has taken a baseball bat and beaten the base of my you know skull and neck with it. Um, and then you get an extra jab of an ice pick through my right eye and temple. Like these are just powerful descriptions. Other people, a vice around my head, stabbing behind my ears, pressure behind my eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have to pull the shades down, lie down and just not move. Feels like your head's compressed, two tons of bricks, um, pressure like you're 500 feet under the ocean. Like these are just so much, you know, raw, painful descriptions. So clearly it's something that uh, really, really, really affects people in so many terrible ways. I think there's really important differentiation to make between headaches and migraines um, because a lot of people might experience a headache but describe it as a migraine to them um, because 
for lack of experience, they've only ever had headaches. Now, headaches can be incredibly uncomfortable and certainly possibly debilitating because they can be quite Mm. strong. The headaches generally felt anywhere around the head or neck um, and there's just so many different factors. And for some people, it comes in one form or another. It can be light at the front. It can be heavy at the back. It can be, you know, around the temples. It's the kind of thing you just want to massage your forehead for to try and release that pressure. Um, However, when you start to talk about migraine, this is now when we start to get into a different type of of discomfort in through the head. This is often when you can have what we call a unilateral location. So one-sided can be focal over or around the eye you know there can be things like pulsations and intensity stabs and jabs um can aggravate by increasing your physical activity you can have nausea or even light sensitivity which we know is what we call photophobia Um, and some people even sound sensitivity phonophobia so they're generally characterized by recurrent moderate to severe headaches and the generation can last a couple of hours through to multiple days so it's hard to describe because they come in so many various um i guess ways or different descriptions or presentations they can start in childhood some people can you know women will have them starting maybe adolescence as they go through their first menstrual cycles the hormonal changes might trigger things um others in early childhood stressful life experiences could be that trigger and then they just don't get uh, any better after that And they generally will progress through what we know as four stages. And I'll just quickly talk you through those four stages because this is kind of classic of the migraine syndrome. Although when we say classic, if you talk to people with migraines, they're often atypical, which makes them so hard to diagnose and treat. And atypical meaning that they're not not the same presentation for every one person. So let's talk four stages. You've got the prodrome, um, and this is usually happening something sort of one to two days before a migraine. People will often experience subtle changes, uh, almost like a warning sign of that upcoming migraine. For some people, it could be mood changes, you know, feeling up, feeling down, starting to crave certain foods. They might start to notice this neck starting to get stiff or um, just increasing thirst and urination or even just lots of yawning. So there can be real physical changes as well, including constipation because of gut-brain connections, which is something that a lot of people go, oh, really? That's, that's a curious one. And then they think about it and realize, yeah, there is actually a subtle sign that something changing then phase two they work into something called the aura and this is usually just before or during the migraine and this is you can have with aura and without and an aura is the symptoms of the nervous system these are visual disturbances i mean it could be flashes of light it could be you know pinching zigzags of visual changes wavy blurry vision um they can also be sensory changes you know such as touch sensitivity they could be movement you could, people could have issues with coordination feeling a little bit um bit out of their body out of balance and also sometimes speech which can scare people in their first experience because speech obviously can be connected to um strokes so saying to slur words or feeling a bit bit funny the way they speak um can be a disturbance that those people experience as well so I mean, profound changes all over the body. There's lots of things that can be happening for someone and they usually generally build up over minutes and can last up to an hour. And this is usually the classic migraine that people say, yes, you know, they're sensitive to light. Yes, they're having issues with vision, sometimes pins and needles in the arms and legs, um, weakness or numbness in a facial side, which is the, again, you know, 
differential diagnosis, check that it's not a stroke symptom if it's the first time it's ever happened. Um, and of course, you know, lots of noise, loud noise. And I'm just sitting here thinking, wow, I wonder, you know, I've, we've got a lot of rain here at Perth, which is just really exciting at the moment because we've had so many hot days, haven't we, Andy? It's just, uh, it's nice to hear the rain on the roof. But I'm thinking if I was a migraine sufferer, that rain on the roof right now could be driving me absolutely insane. Like, so something that I'm finding relaxing, comforting could be incredibly uncomfortable and painful. And then there's the attack itself. And that can last from hours to 72 hours, a couple of days. Um, and that's the debilitating thing. That's usually when people are lying down, they're usually medicated, dark rooms, and really trying to just avoid the world and survive, I think is the key word there. They're just surviving because it can be so debilitating. And then, unfortunately, the last phase um, is the post-drome, and this is after the migraine attack, and this is usually when people just feel like it's that hangover. They feel drained and washed out, exhausted, like just ugh, off um, and really not feeling themselves yet. So, and that can take, you know, 24 hours up to a couple of days to recover from. So, you can see why, ladies, it can just take away so much life from someone because it's not just a headache for a few hours. This is stuff that's been going on for days and possibly mm-hmm. weeks for some people. Yeah. Jeez, that's <laughs> that that time frame that you just put together there, if you were going to go right through the aura, the prodrome phase, right to the, the post-drome, that would be like a week. Yeah. So yeah. these poor women are losing so much of their life because of these these awful things. Um, and, you know, we've certainly experienced it with patients coming into the practice if they're, you know, in the, um, the throes of a migraine and they've got really thick sunglasses on, they've usually got someone helping them into the room. We've got to turn all the lights off, no music playing, there can't be any strong smells, um, their movements are very slow. Um, even the way we adjust them and look after them has to be very, very different because of how sensitive their system is at the time. Um, but there's a reason why these are happening and it could be different from woman to woman, but we're going to go through some of the biggest, uh, things today. And so what could potentially be triggering them or making more sensitive to them and what could be causing them as well. Um, let's kind of break these up into a few different categories. I think the first place to start and it's probably the easiest place as well is the food. Um, it's, it's not... Uh, a secret that there are certain foods that can uh, trigger certainly headaches and migraines for people, and it's usually the really strong um, foods, I guess you could say, that that would be probably the best way to sort of think about it. And anything that is heavily processed that's full of preservatives, artificial chemicals or flavorings, um, things that are really rich in histamines as well are all classic to know um, to be a, a migraine trigger. But in particular, the things that people are most sensitive to are wheat, dairy, like I said, the artificial chemicals and the sugars, any cured or processed meats, alcohol, particularly red wine and beer, um, aspartame or the artificial sweeteners, caffeine, unfortunately, um, and MSG as well. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I've also read some studies that lots of nuts, can also trigger um, migraine onsets or exacerbate them. So particularly when changing your diet um, and going to a more sort of primal type diet like what Stacey did, a trap that people often fall into is eating a lot of nuts, particularly snacks, and for some people that can actually make their symptoms even worse. Um, So I would suggest going for the smaller seeds rather than the nuts and having a bit more balance there and make sure they're all activated as well. Um, Ash, can you think of any other foods that would uh, fit into that category? Well, look, I think the key there is that the research says that, you know, it could be anywhere as high as half of migraines could be avoided if people just improved their diets and triggers. Mm -hmm. Um, 
we're both sounding a bit croaky today. I, I was playing around in the garden with my husband on the weekend, excuse me, <laughs> and um, we're cutting up MDF to build some new new furniture inside here with uh, some shelving. And, of course, you know, the uh, dust that flies around seems to float and sit on everything. And I think somehow my poor little sinuses do not like MDF dust. No surprises there with all the bonding and glues and agents that are <laughs> bringing that fibre board together. Sounding pretty husky. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Some people might say that sounds sexy. Uh, <laughs> I think it just sounds annoying. But uh, sorry for you guys listening that are used to hearing us all perky and chirpy. Our voices might sound a bit funky today. Um yeah, look, I think for me the big one is just to to identify what your trigger is because, as you said, Andrew, there's so many different ones. Um, one of the key things I ask all my clients to do is to keep themselves a food diary just to see if we can pick out some patterns in regards to when they have certain foods, if there's a migraine involved in the next few days, did they have a, you know a high level of stress? So it's also good to note their stress levels, you know, scoring it possibly out of 10 or out of five stars, just so they know whether they're feeling super happy or feeling really stressed, just to see if there's a connection there. Because the other tricky thing is often people, when we're stressed, guess what kind of foods we reach for? The ones we shouldn't. And there, so there's a coupled reaction there that it, whilst it could be the stress being the trigger or it could just simply be that we're reaching for the wrong foods at those times of high stress. Usually it's the sugars and the fats. Um, quick foods on the run, so often packaged and processed because, you know, we're too, too stressed out or tired to bother making a good meal, which totally get. But if you are sensitive and you are likely to get a migraine, your vigilance is going to be the difference between losing days of your life or potentially preventing uh, an onset of another migraine. So for me as well, just being really mindful, there's a couple of, you know, cheeky little things hidden in products. There can be things like nitrates and nitrites just in standard foods. I mean, it could be just processed meats, which might be obvious, such as salami and bacon and ham, things like that. But they could be hiding in many different products. And so just checking a label, checking to see if they've got nitrates and nitrites, because I definitely know for quite a few people that I've worked with, the, the nitrites and nitrates are certainly triggers for headache, if not exacerbations for migraines. So that's another one to look out for. Um, and, you know, if you're doing all of the food stuff right, you know, if you, like say she moved to a primal type diet, um, she has, you know, made some really radical changes. And if you pretty much avoid most of those triggers, you know, say like Ash, for you and I, our diet would be relatively gluten and dairy free. Mm -hmm. um, we certainly wouldn't be having, um, you know, any processed foods, lots of sugar, um, any of the sulfites or anything like that. There are three groups of foods that you might also want to consider and just have a look and see if you're having a really high consumption of those. And they fall into the class of what we call tyramines, arginines, um, and histamines. And some of these foods will overlap. And the reason why they can be a bit of a problem is that they'll stimulate all sorts of different um, biological pathways in the body, particularly tyramines, um, which is actually a derivative of the amino acid tyrosine, actually increases our blood pressure, increases our sweating, um, and excess amounts of that can certainly give you a bit of nausea can trigger those uh, those migraine headaches and the symptoms that you might get with um, excessive, for example, tyramines are similar to migraine symptoms anyway. So these kind of foods are found in um, cheeses, particularly strong cheeses um, like your smelly cheeses or your blue cheese. So if you're not cutting out dairy and you're still enjoying a lot of these things, it might be something just to have a think about. Um, anything that's got a high yeast content like beer as well um, and anything also containing sulfates. Um, so there's things like beans, um, broad beans, brewer's yeast, also fermented foods. I know that we talk a lot about how great they are for your microbiome. However, 
everybody's different if you are suffering from migraines and you're trying to do everything right and you're trying to look after your gut health by having lots of fermented foods, it can also trigger migraines if you're sensitive to them. So that can be things like um, any dairy fermented foods, sauerkraut, kimchi, also any dried fruits, particularly if they're dried with sulfur, um, grapes, preserved meats, fish, all of those sorts of things will fit into that category. Um, so have a good look at your diet and just see if um, any of these you're having in excess, particularly in association with your migraines. So that's why keeping that food diary with your headache symptoms in association with that is going to help you to really see those correlations. Um, look, we'll put a list of all of these foods up on the social media so that you can um, have, a, have a bit of a checklist there to make sure that you're avoiding them if you think that you might have that sort of sensitivity. Um, but just as a general rule of thumb, just making sure you're really avoiding the refined sugars, the refined flours, and any of the seed oils, like what you said, Ash, particularly when we're stressed, that's what we're going to go and reach for um, in those, you know, emotional eating, eating times. Um, and seeing that correlation between your symptoms and your foods can be really helpful. Oh, absolutely. So that's one of the biggest triggers is the, the food factor. So if you haven't considered food, and hopefully if you are suffering from headaches or migraines, you do realize that food has a profound impact on how your body responds biochemically, which can be a trigger for headaches and migraines. There's a couple of other things that certainly have an impact. We mentioned stress in combination with food. Stress naturally will cause changes in your biochemistry, increasing cortisol, some elevated stress hormones, and they can trigger the headaches as well or migraines. Um, you've got sensory stimulus issues. So for some people, it can be really strong smells like perfumes or adhesives mm. or or lacquers or paints or things that have a particularly odorous um, response. And it's a very overwhelming experience that can trigger some people's migraines. So if you do sit in an office with possibly people around you wearing really strong colognes or really strong flavors, fragrances um it may be something you need to address you might need to politely talk to them and suggest that if they can just wear a little bit less or not as much um, unfortunately because of your sensitivity because that may be something that will stop you in the workspace from getting that i mean if you do get migraines get away from all your chemical uh, perfumes anyway use essential oils there's some great great fragrances you can use that come from nature rather than the esters that are built up in chemical labs um a couple of the others there for i definitely know the sleep factor um so missing sleep or actually for some people getting too much sleep can trigger them uh, as can jet lag and travel time zone changes so i mean this is sounding a bit broad because it's hard but this is why it's so individual everyone's triggers are quite different so you do need to uh, possibly map out a diary diary keep notes of things that are happening in your life so you can identify those things some people intense exertion i had one client who had issues every time she had intercourse every time she had sex it was just this like i don't know if it was a combination of just the emotional response the physical response coupled with some chemical hormonal response and yeah, it was yeah. just like wow what uh, an offput and how difficult that is to approach with your partner when you sort of it's not you babe it's me like and again they can't see that suffering so you're just going to have to figure out what it is for you. Um, change of weather, definitely. A lot of people will, will know that something's going to happen because they can change that pressure, the barometric pressure changes. It's mm -hmm. like my clients are coming with arthritic knees and can tell me it's about to storm because they're, they're starting to get pain in joints because of pressure changes, which I yeah. find fascinating. That should be an episode on its own. Do we, do we pick up uh, environmental cues? Does that change our health? And um, also, of course, things like, you know, medications. It has been connected with oral contraceptives um, yeah. and certainly some vasodilators, uh, which can be used for blood pressure medication, for example. Mm -hmm. They can uh, aggravate. So... 
gosh, if it's not that, oh, and man, biggest one, fluxes and changes in estrogen as well. We're talking women here. So as soon as you start to get hormonal chemical imbalances, you're going to start to see some changes in uh, estrogen, which can be a really big driving trigger for, for migraine, which is why some women only first ever experience them during pregnancy or during menopause or on the flip side, they actually finally get rid of their migraines when they're pregnant and almost wish to stay eternally pregnant because they haven't experienced a migraine through that pregnancy. And same with menopause. Finally, you know, at that point in their life, they are free of the migraine clusters. So, yeah, yeah. genuinely challenging to uh, find a solution there. But we're certainly going to offer lots of ideas. Um, I wish there was a, a one sort of program fits all because gosh I know we'd make a lot of women so very very happy today to give that answer um but we'll talk about some of the things you can be doing um okay so let's let's touch on the hormonal stuff there because you were just talking about that Mm. and um particularly if let's say you're on the pill you're on the oral contraceptive pill and when you're in the um pill free week uh when you're taking the placebo pills and that's when you're getting your you know um hormone withdrawal bleed or what we think of as the period if you're getting migraines during that time it's typically because of the falling levels of estrogen that are triggering that um because you're having that hormone withdrawal and then those changes um, can certainly stimulate the, the migraine headaches. I know that Stacey isn't on any oral contraceptives, but she's still getting the migraines um, just before her period. And I, I still think this is an estrogen issue. Um, and for most women, it tends to be that estrogen is more of the, um, the culprit when it comes to um, migraines. And if you have suffered migraines before, you need to be very careful with your oral contraceptives. Um, and if you're being prescribed something like this, your GP absolutely needs to know that you've had migraine headaches before. Otherwise, the pill might exacerbate them. Um, So sorting out your hormonal imbalances is going to be really important. I would suggest testing this. Again, don't guess. Um, As far as what I found, saliva hormone testing um, at about day 21 of the cycle is most accurate. Um, if you want some assistance with this, let us know because we can certainly, um, you know, give you some some recommendations or, um, you know, write the referral for you to have that test done. Um, and sometimes just balancing the hormones gently with some herbs and some food changes can be enough to really balance things beautifully. Um, stress is obviously a really big one that we know robs our progesterone to make more cortisol and more stress hormones, which makes Um, estrogen peak even more so there is no quick fix to that we certainly have to look at stress levels we have to look at diet we have to make sure that there's good balance throughout the cycle too but it's not impossible and it's not something that takes years and years and years to change Um, for most people um, it can be something that you know it might be a a two or three month um, interval once we go from one ovary to the next and back to the original one again where you've got a good hormonal shift that happens that can be really positive Um, so just because we say changing hormones sounds you know quite quite difficult and lengthy typically if you're on the right track things should change relatively quickly um so that would that would be my advice when it comes to the hormones um in particular and remember just test don't guess with that um Let's look about. Let's look at some of the alternative treatments, um, Ash. And I would certainly put chiropractic in that uh, that realm. Um, now, when we talk alternative, I, I mean non-pharmaceutical um, medicated treatment options for migraines. Um, obviously, we're chiropractors. Obviously, anecdotally, we have seen so many, you know, hundreds 
you know, probably thousands of patients who have migraines and who have changed really positively throughout the course of their care. Um, there was actually a study that was published just last month. So this is, you know, cutting edge research, I guess you could say. It's brand new. Um, that uh, This was published in the, the European Journal of Neurology, sorry, um, that was comparing chiropractic care to placebo, um, you know, treatments, I guess you could say, um, and they found that it significantly reduced the number of migraines suffered by the uh, group, um, and so per month. So there was a huge reduction in migraine length of time and number of migraines that they had as well, including their intensity um, as opposed to the placebo group. And we know this to be true from the patients that we experience as well. Um, and we also know that we see stacks of patients who originally had migraines who don't have another one under chiropractic care, which is incredible. So if you haven't seen a chiropractor for your migraines, there's definitely something that I would suggest you go and do. Um, and there's lots of research that actually supports that as well. That's amazing because that actually, I was I had someone point me to a little link to a, a something off, you know, I, I <laughs> a current affair is not my reference point for quality journalism in general, <laughs> but I just, you know, disclaimer there. But at the same time, they do pull up some uh, stuff that makes you go, okay, because a lot of people do watch it and they come in with questions about it. And it was really interesting. There was a, a health practitioner, I won't uh, qualify what they are, but they were not a chiropractor. And they were using upper cervical techniques to uh, treat migraines with great success. And I thought, isn't that incredible? This is what chiropractors have been doing for uh, over 100 years. And another professional has realized that link. I know that uh, it's certainly interesting to see that if they're exploring it and getting support and funding for that, then hopefully we'll start to see finally that we can uh, certainly, um, I guess, confirm what we get to see anecdotally in practice. So this is not a, an endorsement or I guess we can't say that it's a validation of the effect, but we certainly can say it's worth investigating as to whether there's a problem in the neck or upper spine that could be contributing to the issue regarding headaches and migraines. So please, uh, like Andrea said, if you haven't been checked well, then make sure you go somewhere who can check you thoroughly and make sure your you know, cervical spine is in good action. Um, and can you just qualify that by yeah. saying that um, chiropractic um, is maybe not what you think it might be. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, and the type of treatment that you might be thinking that it will look like is something from a Jackie Chan movie. And <laughs> crack, crack snaps up, yeah. <laughs> yes. And there are so many different types of um, chiropractic and there's, you know, chiropractors and chiropractors, but uh, there's lots of very gentle, low-force techniques that are just as effective. Um, so I know for some people that can be certainly off-putting and I absolutely understand that. Um, and again, if you want recommendations, we're more than happy to give you those um, because, it, you know, it's a pretty small community that we're in. So we know who we can refer you to um, and, you know, feel pretty good about who we'll send you through to. Um, so acupuncture also comes into this realm as well. And there's been a few studies that also show that acupuncture can be, um, you know, really beneficial and helpful um, for migraine sufferers. So again, if you haven't tried this, I would certainly recommend finding yourself a traditional Chinese acupuncturist. I'm not talking about dry needling. I'm talking about acupuncture. Um, and then also supplementation. Um there was some research done that showed that there was a correlation between B12 and B6 deficiencies and migraine headaches or the incidence of migraines. Um, so making sure that your diet is rich in these things is really important. Even having your B12 or your B vitamin levels checked can be really important. Um, and magnesium as well. I know we did an entire episode just on magnesium. 
and certainly in Stacey's case where she was mentioning that she was getting some palpitations, one of my first recommendations would her would, for her would certainly be looking at her magnesium levels um, and seeing if she needed to supplement um, with a good quality B vitamin and um, magnesium as well. Um, Ash, is there anything that you wanted to add to the supplementation? No, look, I think while we're talking supplementation, that's definitely on the mark there. I think when you're talking uh, the acupuncture, that draw my mind to another treatment that's being used, and this is more the medicinal side of things, but um, it's certainly fashionable, and that's Botox injections. Oh, God. <laughs> so, look, and for some women, I will quantify this straight up, I have seen evidence that they believe it's a life-saving uh, form of treatment for them. So, I can't certainly knock it, but I certainly have uh, quite substantial reservations about the effectiveness. The science suggests that it's not as effective as presented um, in the way that it is believed to reduce the uh, frequency slightly and could save you two extra days of migraine discomfort in a month. Uh, so, I don't know if all those injections qualify it for a reduction of two days when really we should be approaching the lifestyle components first and foremost, I think. But, um, you know, and of course, some side effects that can be potential risks involved. So if you have heard of Botox, I certainly recommend you do your research. Um, our research suggests it's not as effective as some might claim it to be. And you certainly have to try it for a very long period of time, somewhere between six to nine months uh, to find out whether it's going to be effective, which can obviously be huge out-of-pocket expenses. Um, so there's a really, you know, sort of high cost high benefit decision to try and figure out there um but i just thought i'd mention it because migraines are not caused by a lack of botox in the body correct nor are they caused by a lack of heavy duty medication that's prescribed for them like beta blockers anticonvulsants or epilepsy medication um oh i can't I can't think of all the other things that, off the top of my head that um, they prescribe for migraine headaches. But this is some pretty hardcore, um, you know, pharmaceuticals that they prescribe for these things. And they're not caused by the body's lack of that in your system. No, it's an approach. Yeah, it's an approach to try and numb down and dull and desensitize the body to the signals it's giving. If you would uh, dare to say that you know migraine is a signal, it is because it's showing some form of overload or overwhelm in your central nervous system generally. So yeah, absolutely. So ladies, you know, there's so many factors here, and we don't knock anyone for the choices they're making because I think when you're desperate and suffering like this, you're willing to try and give anything a go. But please do your research. Please just understand that some of the things that are there to give a go. May have potential, you know, harmful effects. At least when we sort of say change some of the things, like let's go through, let's do a wrap up, hey, because we need to sort of summarize all this stuff. There's so much, you know, information. Identify personal triggers. Number one, just get out there and start to figure it out. Keep a diary, become aware of what's sensitizing your body. Do certain foods make it worse? Is there certain things such as sound or light that uh, trigger it? Are you overworking your eyes? Do you have things like a, a visual disturbance that hasn't been picked up properly? Do you need to go get your eyes checked to make sure that the, the work you're doing visually each day is not oversensitizing your, your optic fr- reflexes and optic pathways? Um, is it caffeine, mm-hmm. alcohol, drugs, exposure, uh, sleep, for example, lack of, too much, not enough? You need to start to work out what your personal triggers. That's your number one thing to do after today's you know listening in you need to go and figure out what it is for you and that may take you weeks or months to work that out but keep the diary be persistent and then try and yeah. pick patterns and see someone who can support you in that because you know go and see professionals take the diary with you show them what you're seeing because as a professional we get the opportunity to step outside and have a little look at some of those triggers and see what it is the pattern there that could be the underlying cause and help guide you on what to do next 
Exactly. Um, I would certainly recommend trying a diet, particularly for migraine relief, which means eliminating all gluten products, um, eliminating artificial sweeteners, including aspartame, uh, making sure that you're eating as unprocessed foods as you possibly can. Um, this also means avoiding dairy as well for some people. Um, making sure that your, carbo your carbohydrate sources are primarily from really good quality vegetables, um, although I'm excluding corn and potatoes from that list um, because they should be typically avoided in this instance. Um, making sure that you're avoiding the processed or, that, or the refined sugars, refined flours, um, and the seed oils as well. Um, caffeine, if it's a trigger for you, and any of those, um, the tyranine, the arginine, and the um, histamine-forming foods. And again, I'll put those on Facebook so that you can, um, or on our social media, as a good long list. So you can make sure you do your checklist there. Uh, making sure that you're not skipping meals. So that that reactive hypoglycemia isn't um, a cause of this. So make sure you're staying really well hydrated and that you're eating regularly enough to keep your blood sugar levels nice and balanced. Um, and let's get your hormones under control. Um, so if this is something that you need help with, please let us know. Yeah, and um, remember stress reduction as well. So stress is physical, chemical, and emotional. So we've talked about some of the chemical stresses. That's our food triggers and hormonal triggers. Let's talk about as well, you've got to have a look at your physical stress overload. So could it be that you're overtraining or undertraining? Do you need more activity mm -hmm. or less activity? And also make sure that the mental stress you're experiencing is not overwhelming you. So if that's the case, you need to look into things like, you know, your deep breathing practices, things like meditation, uh, possibly some guidance visualization and imagery, things that help relax you, possibly massage therapy, um, anything that's relaxing the body between, you know, links between brain and body and, and mind and body are things you need to work on. You need to have a, con you know, a conscious awareness. Are you holding tension in through your neck, your jaw? Are you clenching your teeth, grinding your teeth, holding your jaw tense all day long, mm -hmm. jaw, shoulders, you know, are you getting caught in that thing where you, your shoulders are migrating towards your ears all day long as you get worked up and, and stressed? So you need to learn how to relax, particularly the upper body, which is uh, a driving force for headaches and migraines. Yep, definitely. Um, if uh, supplementation is an, an issue for you, then getting some really good quality magnesium and B vitamins. Um, and again, I would recommend practitioner prescription quality versions of those um find yourself a really good chiropractor or acupuncturist um and one little interesting tidbit and i know ash that you have a patient in particular who finds that this makes it worse but there's actually research that shows that orgasm um before the aura phase so maybe in that prodrome phase before things get too intense can actually help to reduce the intensity um of migraines as well which i thought was a really interesting study and i'm sure that's individual uh for it might work for some people it might exactly well, that, that might excite a few of our listeners they might <laughs> think oh bring that on let's try that this is what the wellness women said babe you've got to <laughs> so, exactly. so, so get to work. drag um, your man to bed because you uh you know were told by us that it could help um yeah no disclaimer on that one that's just anecdotal but research supported as well um yeah absolutely andrew and they're, they're great suggestions so all of these things are what we call our non-medication based treatments for migraines and look there's plenty of ways you can approach doctors to help you with the medicinal, the, the pharmaceutical approach. However, unfortunately, 
they're commonly managed with medications. They may help in the immediate phases, but we know that long-term these drugs are not something we should depend or rely on um, because unfortunately you can actually get issues with regards to headaches that can be a side effect from drug withdrawal. So you're trying to come off the medications and it's actually mm. triggering more headaches and migraines, which flicks into our fear switches. We go, crap, crap, we need to keep on that stuff, see it was working. It wasn't working. We're now just suffering the side effects of withdrawal-based headaches, which is such a difficult trap to get caught in and try and get out of. So ladies, be warned, be cautious. Um, the longer you're on medications, the more risks there are of withdrawal-based symptoms, including headache, migraine from drug withdrawal. So I would love for you all to walk away from here today and think, great, you know what, I haven't tried this or I haven't done that yet. And to have a little look at your own lifestyles, try and make a few changes that you can make yourself and seek professional help. Obviously, for anything that's debilitating, please get a thorough checkup. Make sure it's not a, a, a different situation. Make sure that it is in fact a migraine and not something else more serious or complex happening. You know, recurrent repeated migraines, you definitely need to get the right checks and tests. I always say, if in doubt, rule it out. You've got to eliminate the possibilities of really nasty stuff going on. And once that's eliminated and uh, basically you're told, well, it must just be the common migraine, then from there you go, okay, good. Nasty stuff rules out. That gives you peace of mind. Let's approach it with what we've got the strategies to use and to do. And that's the things we've talked about today. Awesome. All right. So ladies, we want to hear what your experience with migraines have been and are there any little tidbits that have really helped you that maybe we haven't discussed today? So communicate with us on our social media. Um, so facebook.com forward slash the wellness women. Make sure you're following us on Instagram as well, underscore the wellness women. Um, check out our website, thewellnesswomen.com.au. Um, and also, if you have loved this episode, please go onto iTunes, give us a five-star rating, leave your comments there. It really does make a big difference. And if you know of any of your girlfriends or your family members are suffering from migraines, please share this episode with them because it may help them too. Um, ladies, thank you so much for your questions. Um, Stace, thanks for sending this one in. Um, and we really want to hear from you. So if there's anything in particular that you really want to know about that you want us to cover, um, send us a message um, through any means on Facebook or our website, whichever you prefer. Um, but until next week, ladies, be well. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.